Please know that this podcast episode will have major spoilers for Marvel's Ant-Man and the Wasp and Marvel's Avengers Endgame. Quantum energy is the future. It's the next gold rush. These were the words of black market trafficker Sonny Birch in Ant-Man and the Wasp, one of the many films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, more colloquially known as the MCU. Birch's historical allusion to the gold rush not only defines what makes his character interesting, but also simultaneously makes a very psychologically compelling historical point about the gold rush. Ant-Man and the Wasp uses visual storytelling to express just how important the gold rush is to Birch's character. Birch's restaurant is filled with gold leaf from some of the windows harboring a golden hue to the golden coloring on the railings, to the golden lamps, one of which noticeably rests directly behind Birch as he talks about how quantum energy is bringing about the next gold rush. It is readily apparent that gold was the primary color that the creators of Ant-Man and the Wasp were focused on when designing Birch's restaurant. Birch's car stands out from the rest of his vehicular entourage due to its striking golden wheels, golden grille, golden license plate, golden door handles, golden mirrors, and various other golden highlights. If there was ever a character in the MCU who benefited from the use of color as a storytelling device, it would have to be Birch. Even Birch's tan suit occasionally has a bit of a golden hue to it. The filmmakers of Ant-Man the Wasp's frequent incorporation of the color gold into any scene featuring Birch communicates some very important information to the audience through visual storytelling. The golden aura that surrounds Birch serves as a constant reminder to the audience that, ultimately, The motivating drive of Birch's character stems from the gold rush that Birch so passionately alluded to while sitting in front of a golden lamp. The most sizable gold rush in American history, and probably one of Birch's primary sparks of inspiration, was the California Gold Rush. According to the California Parks and Recreation article titled Gold Rush Overview, quote, California's most famous gold rush dates to the morning of January 24, 1848. When James Marshall made his customary inspection of the sawmill he was building for John Sutter. During the previous night, Marshall had diverted water through the mill's tail race to wash away loose dirt and gravel. And on that fateful day, he noticed some shining flecks of metal left behind by the running water. He picked them up and showed them to his crew. But while he was pretty sure that it was gold, the full significance of his discovery was truly impossible to imagine. He was still concerned about getting the mill finished. Word of Marshall's discovery leaked out and immediately set off a rush to the mines. By the spring of 1849, the largest gold rush in American history was underway. At the time of Marshall's discovery, the state's non-Indian population numbered around 14,000. By the end of 1849, it had risen to nearly 100,000 and continued to swell to some 250,000 by 1852." Marshall and Sutter never intended for the gold rush to become as famous or wide-reaching as it became. In fact, 
as is indicated in the Bill of Rights Institute article titled The 49ers, quote, Marshall also began to explore the area, and on January 24, 1848, he found flakes of gold in the riverbed. He told Sutter, who asked him and the other workers to keep the find a secret, while he tried to get clear title to the land. The validity of Sutter's land claim was unclear because the Mexican-American War had only recently ended and the territory was now part of the United States. But the plan to keep the gold a secret soon went awry. One of the workers took some of the gold and made purchases at Sam Brannan's store located near Sutter's headquarters in Sacramento. Ironically, Brannan was unable to print the story of the discovery in the newspaper he published because his staff had all left the office and headed for the gold fields. As mentioned at the beginning of this section, he saw his opportunity and seized the moment, announcing the find himself and buying up land and supplies that he sold to prospectors at a tremendous profit. End quote. As the History.com article titled Zachary Taylor illustrates, the California gold rush was so far-reaching and significant that it even had an incredibly substantial impact on the way in which one of the presidents of the United States, Zachary Taylor, governed the country. As is recounted in this article, Taylor's administration felt intense pressure to admit California as a state once the California gold rush began, and Taylor advocated for settlers in California to skip the territorial phase and immediately draft a state constitution so that California could be swiftly admitted into the United States. Following Taylor's untimely death, his presidential successor, Millard Fillmore, would officially oversee California being granted statehood. If there is one underlying theme that underscores why many of these California settlers chose to embark on the gold rush, it has to be desperation. Desperation for freedom. Desperation for a better life. Desperation for a future in which they no longer feel quite so desperate. The California State Library article titled The World Rushed In Part 2 details the stories of many of the gold prospectors during the California gold rush. One such story is of an enslaved individual named Thomas Gilman, who, in 1850, was brought to California in order, quote, to work in the gold mines near Shaw's Flat. Within two years, Thomas Gilman earned enough money to free himself, and in 1852, he purchased his freedom for $1,000. Gilman understood the incredible personal salvation that could come from achieving success in the California gold rush, and in an uplifting historical tale of human endurance and commitment that can emerge from the desperation brought about by slavery, Gilman, who was born into slavery, was able to purchase what had long been denied to him, his freedom. The California State Library article titled The World Rush Gym Part 2 also explains how the California gold rush compelled Levi Sanford to completely abandon his life as a daguerreotypist and travel all the way to California. While we may not know much about the life of Sanford, it seems apparent that if he was willing to leave behind the livelihood and occupation that he had seemingly spent years building, just on the off chance that he could potentially discover gold 
and become wealthy in California, he must have been somewhat desperate for a better life. The gold rush provided a productive and plentiful outlet for the desperation of many individuals, even those who were not interested in obtaining gold. The PBS article titled Chinese Immigrants and the Gold Rush explores the story of Yi Atai, who, quote, had sailed to San Francisco on a Chinese junk just before the gold rush when he was approximately 20 years old. He spent the first night on the streets, huddled in a doorway. Yi Atai had learned English in Hong Kong, and before long, he rose to a position of leadership in the powerful Yup Association. This article explains how the primary purpose of the Yup Association was basically to prepare potential gold rush prospectors for their work in mining for gold. Yi Atai was clearly desperate for a better life after facing intense hardships and struggles that he had faced early on in his life. The gold rush gave Yi Atai the opportunity to improve his life spectacularly and escape the desperation that emerged from having nowhere to live and huddling in doorways. There was another prominent gold rush that likely had bearing on Birch's mind when he pursued quantum technology in Ant-Man the Wasp, and this was the Klondike Gold Rush. As is articulated in the National Park Service article titled The Last Great Adventure, quote, In August 1896, Skookum Jim and his family found gold near the Klondike River in Canada's Yukon Territory. Their discovery sparked one of the most frantic gold rushes in history. Nearby miners immediately flocked to the Klondike to stake the rest of the good claims. Almost a year later, news ignited the outside world. A wave of gold seekers bought supplies and boarded ships in Seattle and other west coast port cities. They headed north thinking that they would strike it rich. End quote. Many of the people who decided to make it their mission to embark on the Klondike Gold Rush were feeling the same sense of desperation that had compelled the 49ers to take part in the California Gold Rush. Erling Fries Bostad highlights in the Yukon News article titled The Klondike Diaries Expose the Realities of the Klondike Gold Rush how, when the Klondike Gold Rush emerged, quote, the continent was gripped in a severe depression. Jobs were hard to come by, and people starved to death in the streets. 20% of the workforce was unemployed, with men jobless. Women and children were forced to go to work. There was even a popular song during that era, Everybody Works But Father. Newspaper accounts told of men and women in tatters just arrived from the Klondike, walking off a boat in Seattle carrying sacks filled with gold. Thousands of men saw an opportunity to regain their self-respect, dignity, and secure financial position by going north. Whether or not they found gold, they perhaps saw it as an opportunity to redeem themselves. End quote. This desperation for redemption and an opportunity to stay Relevant cannot be understated when examining the driving factors behind the Klondike Gold Rush. 
Even in recent years, there was a major and desperate gold rush that demonstrates perhaps more clearly than any of the preceding gold rushes how the gold rushes all tend to be created out of desperation. This gold rush took place in Zimbabwe. As Farai Sean Matiashi underscores in the Reuters article, titled Pandemic Spurs Illegal Gold Rush in Zimbabwe Mountains, upon the outbreak of the coronavirus pandemic in 2020, it became apparent that, quote, as Zimbabwe experiences its worst economic crisis in a decade with crippling hyperinflation and unemployment, young people are venturing into illegal gold mining in a bid to earn a living, end quote. With these words, Matiashi was essentially immortalizing the fact that the recent gold rush in Zimbabwe was one that was born out of desperation. The individuals partaking in this gold rush in Zimbabwe literally risked their lives in order to do so. As Matiashi recounts, quote, the military and police were deployed to help the rangers evict the miners. I had to run for my life, Karamba said. They were firing at us. Some miners were injured and others are missing, end quote. In many cases, due to the illegal nature of gold mining in Zimbabwe, the gold miners seeking a fortune potentially risk getting killed by Zimbabwean authorities in their exports to mine for gold. While the individual referred to as Lenny Karamba claims that he was unaware that his gold mining actions were illegal, it is readily apparent that some of the gold miners clearly knew the real and legitimate risks of death and still agreed to partake in this illegal gold mining business as a result of the severe economic insecurities and the desperation that result from them. Even before 2020, Zimbabwean gold miners took drastic measures that reflected the sheer desperation that they were saddled with. As the Telegraph article titled, Gold Miners Take Over Grace Mugabe's Zimbabwe Farm, indicates, quote, Illegal gold miners in Zimbabwe have seized a farm belonging to former First Lady Grace Mugabe, local media reported, just four months after former President Robert Mugabe was ousted from power. Hundreds of aggressive squatters have taken over portions of Grace's Smithfield estate in Mazoe. 25 miles north of Harare, and refused to move when she confronted them on Thursday. Undeterred by the presence of the miners, who were waving shovels and machetes at her, Grace told them to leave the property, but they would not budge, the daily newspaper reported. The casual miners uprooted citrus trees and dug tunnels on the property, vowing to remain there until Mrs. Mugabe offered them work, the paper added. You no longer have any power to remove us, said one of the miners quoted by the Daily News. This is the new dispensation, and we do what we want, end quote. Confronting the wife of the former longtime dictator of Zimbabwe is certainly a risky and potentially dangerous move. However, gold miners have proven time and time again that they feel so driven down desperate paths that they are willing to make incredible
incredibly dangerous decisions. Birch's motivations ultimately stem from the exact same place as the gold prospectors and miners that he was seemingly based off of. There is a deleted scene from Ant-Man and the Wasp that sheds some light on Birch's intentions and motivations, in which he watches security camera footage of Hank Pym, the scientific creator of the Pym Particle, and the former Ant-Man shrink a laboratory building down to a manageable size that he can transport. Birch watches this miracle of science happen with awe and amazement. Birch accurately surmised that this mobile laboratory contains the quantum technology that he has been searching for so diligently. The first words that exit Birch's mouth after watching the shrinking of this mobile laboratory, which contains the quantum technology which he so adamantly desires, are, quote, Well, that, my friend, is how I'm staying in the picture. End quote. This Simple line exemplifies Birch's desperation to stay relevant and capitalize on what he perceived as the coming gold rush of quantum technology. This is an especially similar motivation to what many of the participants of the Klondike gold rush were driven by. Birch's frantic desire to get his hands on quantum technology before anyone else in much the same way as the 49ers attempted to get their hands on gold before anyone else further emphasizes this historical comparison. While Birch may not have a sympathetic origin story or even a particularly noble motivation, the fact that he ultimately can be thematically read as an individual desperately trying to remain relevant is most certainly compelling and relatable. Countless human beings throughout the course of history have struggled with anxieties about remaining relevant. The thousands of Americans who embarked on the Klondike Gold Rush can certainly attest to this. So, while MCU audiences may not necessarily feel inclined to hope for Birch's victory against the protagonists of Ant-Man the Wasp and the consolidation of his black market enterprise, they most certainly can understand and perhaps even empathize with Birch's story. Much like the adventurers and workers involved in the Gold Rush movements, Birch, at his most basic and fundamental level, is just someone desperate for a better future for himself. While this may be selfish, it is undeniably human, which makes Birch quite an interesting character to break down and examine. Perhaps one of my clearest memories of my experience watching Ant-Man and the Wasp a little over four years ago was that directly after watching it, I was discussing the film with my father in our car ride home from the theater, and I made the comparison between Birch and Paul Manafort, the 2016 campaign manager of former United States President Donald Trump. Of course, this comparison was one that was made at a time when Manafort had been featured heavily in the news due to his trial. However, this still remains one of the first things that comes to my mind when I think about Birch. This is certainly not to say that there are not other individuals throughout history who do not fit into a more appropriate comparison with Birch than Manafort. This is more of an analysis of the fact that Birch is an opportunist, much like Manafort, 
who was in immense debt before volunteering to work for the 2016 Trump presidential campaign for free. And much like many of the economically distraught Americans who engaged in the gold rush movements, Birch believed that the opportunity presented by quantum technology could lift him out of his desperate insecurities of falling into irrelevance and elevate him to, well, live what he and so many others perceived as the American dream. Opportunity is even a word that Birch specifically emphasizes when first discussing quantum technology. In his very first scene, when referring to the quantum technology being developed by Pym, Birch noted that, for him, quote, Hank Pym is a real opportunity, end quote. Much like the 49ers and others who engaged in gold prospecting and gold mining businesses, Birch was desperately searching for opportunity in order to live what he saw as the American dream. What makes Birch's story about desperation and how he deals with it exponentially even more interesting is how it is ultimately the entire underlying theme of the movie. Desperation and the ways in which characters cope with it and grow beyond it is the message that Ant-Man the Wasp, as a piece of cinema, is attempting to communicate to the audience. All of the main characters in the movie are driven by some form of desperation. Scott Lang, the film's protagonist, is desperate to peacefully remain in house arrest and not exacerbate his legal troubles so that he can become a more active component of his daughter Cassie's life. Pym and his daughter, Hope Van Dyne, are desperately trying to save Pym's wife and Hope's mother, Janet Van Dyne, from the quantum realm. One of the primary antagonists of Ant-Man the Wasp, Ava Starr, more commonly referred to as Ghost, one of the most compelling MCU villains ever put to film, is desperately seeking a way to cure herself of her unstable quantum intangibility that was set to kill her within weeks' time. Louise, the formerly incarcerated owner of Xcon Security Consultants, was desperate to keep his struggling business alive. FBI agent Jimmy Wu was desperate to capture Pym and Hope and catch Scott in the act of breaking the law. Janet was desperate to communicate with Pym and Hope in order to help them help her escape the quantum realm. Bill Foster was desperate to help Ghost survive the coming weeks. Ultimately, the individuals who are unsuccessful in Ant-Man the Wasp and who succumb to their desperation are those who exploit others and attempt to cause others to be desperate. Birch drugged and attempted to kill Louise in his desperation to acquire the quantum technology, even making a snide remark about Louise's Hispanic heritage as his subordinates Uzman and Anitalov attempted to kill him. As a result, Birch was arrested. Janet was successful, on the other hand, in rejoining her family by uplifting others who had faced similar desperation to her own, instead of denigrating them in the ways that Birch did. Ghost had been willing to kill Janet in order to save her own life. When encountering Ghost, a killer who had been willing to sacrifice Janet's life for her own, Janet did not relish in Ghost's desperation and suffering. 
On the contrary, Janet reached out to Ghost with compassion and empathy, providing her with some of her quantum energy in order to ease her pain and devoting herself to trying to extract more quantum energy from the quantum realm in order to help heal and cure Ghost. Similarly, Louise and his ex-con security consultants associates, Kurt Gorster and Dave, risked their own lives to assist in the rescue mission of Janet from the quantum realm and play a quintessential role in the capture of Birch, Usman, and Anitilov. Ex-con security consultants gains a great deal of publicity in its role in arresting Birch, Usman, and Anitilov, and seemingly as a result of this, Louise closes a business deal that will save ex-con security consultants from going out of business. The message being communicated through Ant-Man the Wasp is clear. Everyone faces some semblance of desperation in their lives. Whether this be the desperation of feeling like one may not be able to spend the rest of their days with the people in their life that they love, or the desperation that one may not be seen or recognized, feeling anxiety and even desperation is a natural component of the human experience. The crucial lesson being imparted by Ant-Man the Wasp is to have empathy for the desperation of others, because it is so much easier to take on the uncertainty of the world with a partner by one side. It is no small wonder that the 2015 Ant-Man film featured only one solo superhero in its title, while 2018's Ant-Man and the Wasp spotlights a partnership of heroes in its title. Desperation is not something to be tackled alone, Ant-Man the Wasp seems to posit. Desperation is something worth communicating about and helping others through. The idea that it is only through empathy that one can truly find fulfillment and real success underscores the thematic through-line of Ant-Man and the Wasp. Some of the most vindictive Gold Rush prospectors were never quite able to grasp this. According to Matiashi, the activities of the gold miners in Zimbabwe have led to, quote, environmental destruction in their wake, say researchers and activists. The waters are being polluted the biodiversity, poisoned, endemic plants dug up and trampled, animals and birds poached, and litter strewn all over the mountains, said Julia Pirini, head of BirdLife Zimbabwe, a nonprofit. Activists, industry experts, and some of the miners themselves say rangers employed by the Zimbabwe Parks and Wildlife Management Authority. Zim Parks to protect Chimanimani National Park are involved in the illicit activity. For the past couple of years, we have been seeing illegal gold miners in the mountains, but suddenly during lockdown, we started seeing hundreds of them, said Colleen Sabanda, vice chairman of the Chimanimani Tourist Association, CTA. Zim Parks is recruiting people. They are organizing these syndicates. End quote. Granted, Birch does not necessarily appear to be harming the environment, as he proudly declares his restaurant to be putting the environmental needs of the planet before his own personal profit. However, he most certainly inhabits the same exploitative nature as these vindictive gold miners. 
Birch inflicts desperation and emotional distress on others, going as far as to kidnap Louise, Kurt, and Dave. Birch also attempts to blackmail Hope into agreeing to do business with some buyers that he had arranged for the quantum technology that she had been developing with Pym. Throughout American history, individuals desperate to use the gold rush to make a name for themselves have inflicted desperation onto others. The California gold rush also coincided with racism towards individuals of Chinese descent, as is documented in the PBS article titled Chinese Immigrants and the Gold Rush. Quote, Governor John Bigler voiced public sentiment when he suggested stemming the tide of Chinese immigration. A Chinese man responded with a letter to the Alta, California, writing, The effects of your late message has been thus far to prejudice the public mind against my people, to enable those who wait the opportunity to hunt them down and rob them of the rewards of their toil, end quote. As Ellen Terrell elaborates in the Library of Congress article titled Chinese Americans in the Gold Rush, quote, Due to an increase in Chinese immigrants, anti-immigrant feeling permeated mining camps, and in 1850, the California legislature passed a foreign miners' license law, which charged all non-U.S. citizens $20 per month. The law was repealed the following year, but due to these exorbitant fees, Chinese miners left and created America's first Chinatown in San Francisco. At the peak of gold rush immigration in 1852, 20,000 Chinese immigrated to California out of a total of 67,000 people. Thus, Chinese immigrants accounted for nearly 30% of all immigrants. In response to the influx of Chinese immigrants, the California legislature passed a new foreign miners tax of $4 per month. End quote. The article details how, shortly thereafter, in 1854, the California Supreme Court ruled in the People v. Hall case that Chinese Americans were not legally able to testify in court. This was a downright heinous and despicable instance of the intense systemic racism that resulted from the growing prominence of Chinese immigrants in California who were just seeking a brighter future. As the PBS article titled The Gold Rush Impact on Native Tribes details, an educator named April Moore, who is a member of the Nisanan Maidu Native American community, explained how her great-grandmother told stories of how, quote, My family had resided in these geographical areas way before there were any European people, even way before the gold rush. It just so happens it was the area where they found the gold at Sutter's Mill along the American River. And this gold strike brought thousands of people from every place known to man into our traditional territory. And because it was such an environmentally productive area, in the beginning they didn't have a problem with eating. But because there were so many people, they overused the area and created drought and created starvation for themselves and along with them for the indigenous peoples. The Nisanan Maidu just happened to be right in the middle of this whole chaotic event. And the end product was that they were almost obliterated as a group of people. End quote. This horrific event 
represents the insidious nature in which people engaging in the gold rush were willing to exploit and kill others for their own personal gain and profit. Birch had no empathy for others who were driven by desperation. On the contrary, Birch nefariously exploited their desperation in attempt to satisfy his own. Birch's prediction about quantum technology bringing about the next gold rush was very astute. After all, in Avengers Endgame, Scott and his allies utilized quantum technology in order to literally travel through time and revive billions of deceased individuals. Considering that Kang the Conqueror is set to be the main villain of the upcoming film Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, as well as the fact that Kang's main source of power comes from his ability to time travel, it is reasonable to assume that Kang was successful in the gold rush that Birch predicted and managed to weaponize quantum technology in his efforts to time travel. Perhaps Birch would have been the first person to capitalize on the gold rush that is quantum technology if he had been more empathetic to his potential partners. Perhaps then, he would have been able to facilitate the connections necessary to acquire quantum technology. Alas, however, Birch's vindictiveness was his undoing, and audiences will never know for certain. Ultimately, Birch managed to achieve the relevance that he so desperately desired. Relevance as a character study in yet another failed Gold Rush mission.